and welcome to the Collection Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday afternoon. Joining me from Los Angeles, California. She's in the radio station, ESPN Radio. She's about to go on the air. It's very hard to get a hold of the two people we have on this pod. It takes a lot to make this come together. Thank you, Ramona Shelburne, for finding a little bit of time for us. It's it's really just for you, Brian. Like, Thank you, Kyle. You what asked, about Mark J. Spears? Not for Mark uh, J. Spears? Mark J. Spears and I can find each other all the time. Like, okay. you, have a tr- you have trouble finding us. We can find each right. other at any... Uh, th- that's the mayor. You guys, I just, right. I got a direct you know, line. The, you're like the mayor of L.A. Spears <laughs> uh, from Manscaped is like the mayor of the entire West Coast. Actually, Spears worked in Denver and worked in Boston. And, and like, L.A. And L.A. And, like, he's got lots of spheres of influence. Hello, Mr. Spears. How are you? I'm just enjoying y'all. Give me some love, man. I just, I just take the love. So, Spears, you had an interesting story today um, that's on the front page of ESPN. Yeah, it um, was. You went to, I think it was the press conference yesterday in San Francisco. They announced that the that San Francisco is going to host next year's, as in 2025, next season's All Star Game. Adam Silver was there for that, and then you had an interesting conversation with him. I don't know if it was before or after. The press conference. I wish you could tell us about that conversation because you got him to say something that was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I, you know, we try to do our walking talks after everybody's done, right? I, I didn't want to throw my. You don't exactly sidle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which is hard to get with Adam because there's a thousand people that want to say hi. But no, I, I got a couple minutes with him and and just asked him like, "How do you fix this?" And he said, "Yeah, you know, maybe you should write this." And I was like, "Oh, this is about to be good." hey brian you know that right maybe you should write this but i'm about to give you something but then he you know he told me that he talked with chris paul and chris paul basically said the league was schizophrenic that was the word adam used for (laughs) not um really looking at their side of things and like how many distractions players have before the game and at halftime which lead to them not giving maximum effort in the game you know I, i really thought about it and said like shoot yeah before the game last year they spent like 15 minutes picking teams and then after that happens they got to go back to their locker room but they have to change locker rooms for some of the guys and it messes up there also the routine of getting treatment and stuff like that and so adam said you know he's going to take um chris paul's cue and do less before the game and try to like minimize the halftime actor, whatever, whoever it's going to be, and, and make it more about the basketball. And, you know, to me, uh, there's nothing more that the NBA really can do than that. And and and, I, and he also got rid of all the gimmicks, the weird first one to get 24 points thing and no no clock at the end. And I liked just, that. Sorry. I know. Sorry. I liked all that stuff. I, I hated that. I, the, the, how long are the introductions going to be? Like, I, I think I've I've never waited so long for people to be introduced that I have. Yeah. In the last well, few then it's like two different game. rappers, right? Doing <laughs> doing remember, their um, song. Remember like, Common? Yeah. Was Common a couple years ago yeah. who was uh, doing the, was he, who was doing the rhymes? Freelance yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, just cut cut the rap down to five minutes. You know, like Kevin like, Hart did a whole comedy set. You know, when you yeah, like, what's going it's on just here? like it's it's too much. And um, so I I think by not having the players choose teams, by them having a shorter introduction, maybe not having Fergie sing for the game, where you you certainly lose your. <laughs> I remember when right? Fergie sang. Um, 
it, it's really up to the players after that. I don't think there really will be any excuse. And what Adam did say, too, is he's like, look, I don't expect them to play like it's a finals game, but I'm going to make those changes, make this more simple. And, and It sounds like what he's saying is meet me halfway. Yeah. I'm going to do all these things and just, just give an effort. But I think ultimately another person I talked to was Chris Mullen, and he said Larry Bird would come into the locker room and Magic Johnson would come into the locker room and they're playing for their – respective conferences and they're like i'm trying to win we're trying to win like i think they need somebody to take it seriously and i think the last guys that really like pushed and please correct me if i'm wrong to take this game seriously was kobe bryant and chris paul kobe obviously that kobe you know that was not well first off kobe was kobe was not a bleeping around guy on an average uh tuesday yeah. He sure as hell wasn't a messing around at the All-Star game. He I remember him and Dwayne Wade and yeah. Dwayne like break give him a concussion or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that was about the last time the All-Star game was played at any level. Now I will say this. I know Adam says it's his fault for doing so much before the games. I think the reason that they had the the ceremony before the game last year was a scheduling thing. Because I don't think LeBron and Giannis were available on Saturday. I think they wanted to do it on Saturday. I don't even think LeBron arrived in Salt Lake City until game day last year. And I think he had a family thing. I don't actually, I don't know. I don't think he arrived until Sunday. And I remember he played like a quarter and then he was done. And he was like, I had a great weekend. So thank you, Salt Lake City. A great weekend. And I was like, you were here for six hours, bro. But um, I think that was partially due to scheduling because last year they want, they didn't want to do it like a week or two out. They wanted to do it like right on all-star weekend. And LeBron wasn't available Saturday night. I think that might have been a part of it. But anyway, maybe that's Adam trying to do it on Ulster weekend. But the fact that a commissioner would say, this is my fault, that doesn't happen very often. And if you let me go down to, to Brian's story time, I like to do this sometimes. Yeah. Spears, when you said, um, maybe you should write about this, it reminded me of an amazing conversation, an amazing hour I spent with Sonny Vaccaro. If you don't know Sonny Vaccaro is, legendary shoe company oh recruiter in the movie that just came out earlier this year air about michael jordan matt damon played sonny vaccaro sonny is a wonderful man he does not look like matt damon so i take my hat off to sonny for having matt damon <laughs> play him in a movie then again phil knight doesn't look like ben affleck either no. but um uh, but anyway so when lebron was about to come into the nba there was this intense battle to sign him this has been written about extensively i've written about it in several books several long stories the, the, the shoe contract to get LeBron. And it was very, first off, I was 24 years old. Secondly, it was very hard to report on. Nike was not returning my phone calls. They were not talking to me, okay? Reebok had a guy living in Akron who I knew, but he wasn't like an executive level guy. I didn't have much in Reebok. And then you had Sonny Vaccaro from Adidas. Sonny would talk and Sonny would talk on the record. And so Sonny had this all-star game that he would run for recruit for, uh, uh, it was like, the ABC game. Well, no, it had several different names over the years. Okay. I think it was originally called the Dapper Dan. But this was like the alternative. It was the Adidas to the to the McDonald's All American game. Uh, Adidas had their own game, and it was in Chicago. And so the night before the game, Sonny said, "Come to my hotel suite." So I went up this elevator at the Hyatt Hotel, you know, on Wacker Avenue in Chicago, like the 65th floor. Sonny's got this enormous suite. It's like dusk. Sonny's got the lights off. He's sitting like on a couch in the corner. It's very dim light. It looked like the opening scene from The Godfather. 
and he's sitting there waxing poetic. And every five or 10 minutes in the dining room of the suite, he had this enormous pile of memorabilia, signed basketballs, signed jerseys, you know, shoes, all this stuff. And like every five to 10 minutes, there would be a knock at the door and some giant figure of basketball power would come in holding memorabilia, like bringing, like bringing him gifts because they were auctioning it all off for charity that night. Several NBA general managers came in, like a couple of prominent head basketball, like I won't say who, because I just don't know if it was all legal or whatever, but like <laughs> a, pro, a, a, a coach who has won the NCAA tournament multiple times, including in the very recent past, very, very, very recent past, um, came in with, with stuff. And it was like, oh my God, like I'm 24 years old. But anyway, this is what I get to. Sonny would reach a point, And this is what he'd say, Spears. He would say, Brian, please quote me on this. Please quote me on this. <laughs> like here's this power broker. And he was like, Brian, please quote me on this. It's going to be a hundred million. What? I said, LeBron's going to get a hundred million. Like nobody was saying anything. Like nobody was. And here he was going on the record as a bidder. What, what I later learned was that he knew Adidas wasn't going to be able to get him, and he just wanted to put pressure on Nike to have to pay the, a lot of money, which frankly worked. But anyway, sorry, I went way off track. When you said you should write about this, it reminded me of Sonny saying, Brian, please quote me on this. I mean, as a reporter who's reporting on a difficult story, which you guys have done a lot, especially Ramona, who is all you do is write these big, complicated stories. Hearing a, a, a major source say, please quote me on this, it's a it sticks with me 20, 20 I know. years. Well, my, my, the last one I can remember like that, Brian, was Anthony Davis's dad saying he will not play in Boston. <laughs> like, he <laughs> please will, quote me on this. Please quote me on that. And I was like, are, okay, are you sure? That, <laughs> okay. And to his credit, he did not. <laughs> he, he, he did didn't not. Duck. <laughs> yeah. um, so Ramona, I don't know what can be done about the All-Star game and all. Okay, honesty, wait, the whole, I was so patient. And I was so yeah. listening to Mark and Adam Silver owning this and what can be done. We need to play USA versus the world. Like that's what can be done. Like we need to do this differently. We, it just needs to be the last three MVPs, the last four MVPs. Don't tell really. anybody, but the world would kick the US's butt. I know you cover Team USA. I know. But we <laughs> need to play Team USA versus the world. That's how you get people in it. That's how you get these guys to care. Like the, whatever, the, whatever the Western Conference and Eastern Conference teams are now, nobody's thinking that way. The guys get traded and they change conferences right around the same time. Now, two weeks later, they'll be on a different team. I mean, it's all like USA versus the world. That's what they do in hockey. It's what they do in the WNBA. I mean, it's it's this is a great format, and the, there's you, enough Luka great and Jokic, talent. Luca and Jokic would have issues. I mean, Luca not with each other, like. They would show up to play Spears, Luca, Jokic, well, you know I, Giannis, Embiid. Well, I don't know what is he on now with these team USA. Does he play? Uh, good, question. good question. Good question. I mean, the only good basketball All Star game that I go to is Hoop Summit. Yeah, and it's it's only great I think because you know it's obviously it's the top American high school players against the top international teams. But it's because it's like USA versus the world, right? Yeah. And and I think there's a different pride, a different energy, the practices and whatnot. I, I actually think they should put USA and Canada together. Okay, North America the versus the world. That, but it's a seriously, good idea. the fact that we need it, right? Spears? <laughs> we do, like, we, we need the reinforcements. I don't know, man. I think you're downgrading our American players. 
you get okay. the top LeBron guy. LeBron and, and Book would have something to say about that. Yeah. Kevin Durant ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. LeBron James well, ain't bad. Like I, you know what I mean? Like there's some really good American players. Let's not act like they're toast. I'm not saying they're toast. I'm saying our lead, and I say our. I mean, honestly, American, they'd have to have him be our lead center. Is like, gone. who else is the U.S. going to have at center? Our lead is Bam. Gone. Okay, Bam. Yeah. Which, by the way, Bam is Bam is given <laughs> Bam is given Team USA a gift because he got cut in 2019. He shouldn't have been cut. He was awesome in camp, and he was eligible to play for Nigeria in the 2021 Olympics, and he could have played. And that team was in the Olympics and good, and mm-hmm. he didn't. And he played for America, and that was a gift. It's kind of like yeah. Paolo Bancaro. He gave the U.S. a gift, not playing yeah. for Italy, who they played in the in the World Cup this <laughs> yeah. year. So uh, I'm just saying uh, but, our but lead the is The fact not that we're there talking anymore. about it right now, I, I think the guys would – I think it would be some energy behind I know. It. Let's I put Kyrie out there, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Come on. This is I the, know this is the game. from – I know that there would be energy from the international players. I think I don't know if there'd be. I, I don't know, so. man. Little, don't little, know. little different when you make it like the stakes like that. Yeah, Your pride it starts to hit a little bit. East. Well, I West. think it would actually be. I think it would. That would be good because I don't think the average NBA fan, uh, like people, don't pay attention to the World Cup. I know yeah. because I was there. Like. They're like, oh, how do USA do? They they pay attention to the Olympics, and the U.S. Yeah. has won the last four. Even though I will say we got by by the skin of our teeth in Tokyo, by the skin of our teeth, and Kevin Durant's mid range shot, we got by. Um, but um, yeah, it would be interesting to for sure. Um, uh, it's it's certainly I'll put it this way: the ideas that they've put forward have not been to fruition. The, the, uh, you know, the the play in tournament which is a major initiative under Adam Silver has worked. It's going to be a big part of the NBA for way into the future. The all-star game changes didn't work because they abandoned them. We know they didn't work, but um, I check out Mark Spears story on that. It's on ESPN on Anscape because um, the quotes from Silver are pretty interesting. And um, Ramona Silver did raise that possibility, right? About playing the team yeah. USA versus the world. You yeah. think it well, happens in San Francisco? Maybe mm, wait a year. Let's see what happens in the Olympics, right? <laughs> I think that might be a see what happens in Paris twenty twenty four if the U.S. pulls it out, <laughs> right? Like I'm not so sure. Are you, Brian? I mean, I think they're gonna have the they're gonna have the monsters, but um, you know, is that enough? Is can they all play together? I'm just gonna say <laughs> Serbia is a problem, and Serbia did not manage to qualify for the last Olympics. And then Jokic took this summer off. He didn't play because of the long stretch that he had. He knew he was thinking they, the Nuggets may contend to repeat. And then the yep. Olympics, he took it off. And Serbia squeezed in there, got into the, the, to the finals, uh, upset um, Canada in the semis, and got into the finals and clinched a spot. And Serbia getting that spot, getting Jokic, into the into yeah. the, the Olympics, that's a problem. And even Team Germany, Germany played awesome because Franz Wagner is great. And he's great in the international game. And Schroeder turns into Steve Nash. I don't have to say yeah. Schroeder turns into Steve Nash. Patty Mills. But if if turns USA into Steve had Nash. some size, they would have won. 
Uh, but they don't, Spears. Pitiful. They didn't have it. <laughs> they didn't have it. They do now. They have Joel Embiid. They, they had some guys <laughs> that they, <laughs> like, if Jared Allen was there blocking yeah. shots and getting rebounds, I think that would have helped. I think the problem is we're worried too much about superstar names and not superstar fits. Like, Well, it's you just need funny to, be... to me. That Steve Kerr designed that team to play small and fast. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. They finished fourth. Yeah. And now I'm watching the Warriors. Steve Kerr is playing small and fast, trying to make like it Even work. if they had Looney on that team, right? That would have yeah. helped. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. I'm not opposed um, to Looney being on Yeah, Looney, Aaron Gordon, guys and, like that. That's, that's what guy, they need. Uh, just some size, some guys that were worried about getting rebounds, putting the body on somebody. And, and I think that's the problem is they need to reserve like three spots for some goons. That could come in and hit some big guys. Because those big guys that were giving them problems are are really trash overall as players. They just were just too they, they just <laughs> yeah, Spears, I know Spears, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem. That's the American mentality. They're like, Daniel Tice, give me a break. Yeah, but they they didn't have and Daniel no, Tice like, gets in there and starts knocking people around. Yeah. They had on nobody on the team that was bigger than six eight. That was the problem. Well, they had Walker brought Kessler, some size, they, then Daniel Tice Kessler, would have been Daniel Tice. Spears, I know if you Jared say Bell that. Bell was playing and Looney was playing on that team. Does Daniel Tice get and go nuts? Probably. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Walker Kessler was on the, the other team, team that they finish. lost to that had size. Do they get all those rebounds? No. They lost to Germany and Canada. Um, they if lost. They had to, size. Uh, they beat. They lost to Lithuania. Valanciunas. Exactly. Messed them up, and they almost lost to Montenegro. Uh, Nikola Vucevic. Size. Uh, I know. I trust me. I know. It didn't take a genius to look at them and say there was a problem. But how Why is Kessler that getting mitigated? Play? Okay. When was the last time Joel Embiid was healthy at the end of the season? One of the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then so, you're gonna have his big body in there. By the way, Embiid. The the Sixers are five and one. Yeah. And Embiid last night against the Wizards, being Monday night, mm-hmm. he had 48 points on 25 shots. He did was, not make a three. Yep. He had 29 points in the third quarter. <laughs> it was like one of those early, um, those Kobe games where he had 48 after like three and they, they he doesn't play late. Yes, that's right. I mean, he could have had uh, 60 if they would have left him in. Curry games. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, Steph yeah. played. In the, Embiid, the yeah, I assume that, you know, the Sixers will have some, some struggles, some adversity later, but. He's been awesome. You know how, you remember the old, we're fine in the West? Yeah. <laughs> right now the 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 Sixers are like we're fine. We're fine. Uh, do they need to do anything or you think they're good? I think they will definitely do something. I don't know if it'll be like the big acquisition. Like, do they need that, Zach Levine? Do they need a I cat? think they need like an OG Ananobi type. They need yeah. somebody who can be like perimeter defense, make up for what Maxi doesn't do there. Ananobi would be awesome. <laughs> it would be an awesome pickup. Uh, and you know, the Raptors, by the way, Scotty Barnes is off to a tremendous Holy player. moly. I mean, I heard all um, the stuff about him pre preseason of, oh, he gained 10, 15 pounds of muscle. He's a different guy this year. He, he, he is Spurs by himself. He was amazing against yeah. the Spurs. And I think he's, he looks like it's almost like last year didn't happen. Like, let's just pretend that the sophomore slump didn't happen. And he just built yeah. right off that rookie of the year. More hoop collective podcast after this. By the way, speaking of uh, the Sixers, you wrote a story. Was it last week where you talked about um, the 
painting that uh, you do a story about the hard yeah. trade. And everything. <laughs> Would you tell the story about the okay. painting? So, um, you know, I've been I've been kind of saving this one because I knew about it for a while. And Daryl Morey is actually like Instagram posted about this. So it, was, it wasn't a huge secret. But he had a paint. It's not a painting. It's a it's a um, it's just a portrait, I guess, because it's mixed media type of work from a Croatian artist whose name is I'm, and I'm probably going to bungle the name here, but I think it's Philip Perejic. OK, and he over the years has created a project where all he does was create portraits of James Harden. He's done 36 of them. They all go viral. They're really cool. I think Adidas has used some of them in the James Harden merchandise. You know, I mean, he's like a, he's the guy who knows how to, how to. He's Croatian. Yeah. He's Croatian and he's obsessed with drawing James Harden. Yeah. James Harden. Painting, drawing, whatever it is. Yeah. And his stuff is really amazing. If you want to find it, it's it's jamesharden.illustrated.com. You can look at it. Um, and there's all different, it, it, the whole project was just to just keep drawing the same guy over and over. And during it's all like the same, it's all like yeah. the same angle. It's all like a, it's all like profile. A, a, a profile of Harden yes. done different ways. Done different ways. He's cool. And they're cool. They're cool, but it's, it's odd. I'm, I mean, it's very, he's very, very talented, but is it okay if I say it's odd? I mean, that's that- your taste. You know, I think it's cool. I don't know if I want 36 of them in my house. Okay. But, um, but Daryl Morey, after James Harden won the MVP in 2018, had a personal commissioned portrait of James Harden made for his house. And when it was finally ready in 2019, he puts up an Instagram post where he says, my beard shrine is complete. Um, and then in 2020, he like took, he takes a selfie in front of this portrait it's a really cool portrait of james and you know you can even see things down to the three-point line where he has the equation for true shooting percentage written out in the three-point line there's some the the artist told me there was something about the shot chart is like his harden's heat map i I don't know all the details i'm sure daryl does um but he moved when james he traded for james obviously now that he moved that portrait to philadelphia and it's in his house there and he's he's put that on social media as well. It's an Instagram post, I think, in 2021. And he he posted that when he had another portrait made of Joel Embiid. Okay, so it was Harden and Embiid. And he says something like, I think the caption was, I thought we just needed one, but now I know we need two. <laughs> I mean, it was like a recognition that Harden alone needs needs a, a co-star. And it was, you know, as a writer, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is just right. The story writes itself, right? I mean, it's like the recognition you can't win with Harden alone. You, you talk to him. You talked to Philip, right? Yeah, I just, you know, just slid into his DMs, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and uh, and we had a, a chat from where he lives in Croatia. He's a basketball obsessed guy. He, like plays at the park every day. He's really into the game, but he also has some other projects now. It's kind of opened a lot of doors for him, and he, um, you know, I was very curious in talking to Daryl after the trade, like okay, so you guys just went through this very messy divorce. Like how, you know, this was a a very personal divorce story. I don't know if, have you guys ever seen a breakup like this between executive and player who for 10 years had had a great basketball collaboration and then it just got I mean, I've seen a lot of breakups. I don't know if I've seen one like this where a guy is so obsessed. I don't don't think Pat Riley had a, I don't think Pat Riley had a portrait of LeBron painted in his home that I'm aware of. Or Magic Johnson. Yeah, Magic Magic Johnson would make a little bit more sense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um but anyway so I, I said to daryl i go well 
what are you gonna do with, with the portrait now? Like, are you gonna keep it? You know, after James called you a liar and all this messy divorce that, that you guys just went through. And he goes, well, yeah, it's one of my most prized possessions. And I was like, oh man. I mean, it was, it, you know, that's how you you recognize how different the two guys are. Like James is told people, as I said in the story, like, I'm, I'm never going to talk to that guy again because he feels so bitter about this. Whereas Daryl kind of has an appreciation for the 10 years they spent together making basketball, really changing the game of basketball and the way they played and the the type of offense that that they ran in, in Houston all those years. And I think that, you know, just when the business went bad, his his personal feeling towards James is is fine. Like he's well, it's funny. Able to he, he tweeted, Philip tweeted, is Philip or Philippe? I don't know. But Philip, I'll say Philip. Yeah, yeah. He tweeted that quote that you had about him keeping the painting. And he yeah. said, find someone who supports you the way Daryl, the way Daryl Morey supports me. And he has also promised because by the way, he yeah. painted it in bead yeah. the same style for Daryl to hang up. And quite frankly, the Embiid one is spectacular. It's cool. It's all his in, tweets in my, and stuff. Yeah. In my humble opinion, it's a better portrait. But <laughs> Philip Philip is now he is now stands ready to paint a third portrait for whatever star he yeah. acquires next. And I say, start working on Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I say. But what do I you know? know Brian, I am not Brian, an artist. I would be remiss if I didn't get one of your all time classic lines in in because we're judging artistry and stuff like i'll never forget the video you did with the shoes oh. wondering if they were fire or not yeah which one of those is is the, is the embiid one is that is that fire the embiid one is in my humble opinion fire like i will say the 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 james harden portraits the, the way they're all different is very remarkable how an artist could make them all different and they're different in very unique and creative ways, but it's it's odd. It's an odd obsession. This Embiid portrait that he did is fire, and literally because it's like blue flame. It's, I mean, like Joelle should try to buy that photo, that portrait off, off, uh, off of Daryl. It is a little bit weird to hang it. a portrait of yourself in your home, but I mean, this is a portrait that I would endorse being hung in, in a home. <laughs> it's it's gorgeous you know um, and, and and just to, to, to close the loop um i did ask philip you know if you paint it hard now would your portrait reflect anything that's happened and he goes well to be honest the project wasn't really about that it wasn't about like what was going on at that p- moment in time but you know i've changed and he's changed and time has passed and so the art has to evolve and i was like oh, yeah. it's just it's like a it, it really is um one of the stranger basketball um, executive player relationships over the past, you know, really in basketball history of like one player who symbolized everything that this executive believed in that was very different than the way the game had been played. Right. Like, I mean, I always think Daryl Morey is like, and Sam Hinkie in the same, in the same vein of like stapling the Martin Luther, you know, Protestant reformation on the, on the church door. Right. Um, of how basketball should be played. And now everybody plays this way. You're just talking about Steve Kerr and how he plays with the small ball warriors. Like the small ball warriors are great, but they did have trouble against the Cavs earlier this and, week. And in a, in a strange way, and this is not um, politically correct and it's not popular. What James Harden is do is done with his career in a way is a, a way of reform. He's basically like, 
I'm going to do what's best for me by any means possible. And I don't care if I break some glasses or some vases along the way. And he hasn't won at the highest level, but like Spears, he's generally gotten what he's wanted. And so how can you look at what he's done and say that he is quote unquote fail? Again, you may say, well, he hasn't won the, a title. Okay. Well, his career's not over. Uh, but how can you look at it and say that he hasn't achieved MVP, hundreds of millions of dollars, and whenever he wants to leave, he's able to leave and go wherever he wants. Yeah. I, honesty, I do I do wonder what his long-term, I guess, legacy is, how he's going to be remembered, especially, like, I, I think he has to win something to cure a lot of these ills. Mm-hmm. Where would think- James Harden get cheered? Would he get cheered in Houston? I mean, I know they cheer for him in L.A. now, but, like, that's only, like, yeah. they, they, they don't have a reason to. Right. Where would yeah. he get cheered? He got booed Maybe like crazy in Madison o- Square Garden. OKC. Oh, I, I guess. Know. I think Houston. I think Houston will come around. Yeah, I mean, he was. They yeah. should retire. But, but I think just yeah. globally, it's just fatigue. I agree. It, it, they're just fatigue and yeah. in the in the soap opera. There's cer- certain establishments in Houston he get cheered at. See, I, I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> Brian said it. <laughs> little little baby, uh, I little baby was there. Little baby keeps showing up. Lil, Harden's Lil, first game. Lil, don't say little baby. Like you know, we you we out. could we could get um. We could we could get Philip to start painting little baby at Harden's first games at new places because okay. that keeps happening. Little baby keeps showing up to give his support. There could be like him and him in Brooklyn. I need him a friend Philly. like that that just gives me yeah. a box of money. <laughs> you know what's so what's crazy? If I'm not mistaken, they each gave each other boxes of money. Like one of them gave the other one. I think Harden gave little baby a hundred grand, a honey bun, right? He gave, he gave him a hundred grand in cash. Like it's on social media. It's not a secret. And then like, so Brian, wait, wait, Brian, later, you, you said fire on this podcast. You said honey bun. Yeah. Like you hit, you get hit, baby. It's something like Let's that. Let's go. Then like little baby, uh, some period of baby months. References. I don't some know, man. Of... You becoming a rapper kind of or something like that. <laughs> Hell no. Some period of months later, little baby gave Harden $250,000 cash in a beautiful suitcase, if I remember. And the suitcase had hundreds of quarters in it because he was a quarter million. Oh, wow. And uh, again, all on social media. And like, that's just fascinating because like, it's obviously huge sums of money, but like, it's considered like it's it's considered strange to get, just to hand your friend money as a present. Here you go. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you know, well, I, now my mind goes to the poor assistant whose job it was to go get two hundred fifty thousand dollars in quarters. No, no, well, it's not. To, no, it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. Okay, cash. But okay. In, but in the suitcase, the part of the presentation was hundreds of quarters. Okay, got because it. Because it was a quarter, and also Harden, the day that um. Embiid won the MVP last year. Yes, Harden gave him like some. It was a very Rolex. expensive. Rolex. Oh, it was a Rolex, and Joel's like, I've never had anything this expensive in my life. Like Joel didn't even know how to wear it. Like, he was well, just holding it. <laughs> and this is maybe the most symbolic thing of their relationship. The Rolex yeah. didn't fit. 
Rolex didn't fit. It didn't fit on Embiid's hand. Yeah. Like it was a beautiful gift. And Harden obviously like makes a big deal of gifts. And he and yeah. his friends exchange like high value gifts. Like um, the guy you quoted in one of your stories, Ramona, Michael Rubin, who used to own the Sixers. He owns Fanatics. Now he doesn't own the Sixers. Like Bob Kraft turned like 80 or something. Maybe he's not 80. Maybe he's 75. It's Bob Kraft had a, had a big birthday like in the last couple of years. And Michael Rubin gave him a Bentley. Like, I don't know from that. I don't know from giving somebody like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. I guarantee you it wasn't just a Bentley. It was probably some custom limited oh, edition. Oh whatever. my God, it was gorgeous. I don't remember anything about, I don't remember what I remember seeing it though. And it was gorgeous. Because I think this this gets down to the fundamental thing of like, what do you get the person who has everything? You have to like find something that they don't have that just shows how much you care about them or how special Spears, or cool they are. Spears, that's like George Clooney before he got married and had these kids, like back when he was a bachelor. George Clooney like made that one space movie. I can't remember what it's called. And he made like 50 million or $70 million on it or whatever. And he had like six or I may not have every detail of the story, right? He had like six or seven like lifelong friends that he always hung out with. So he invited them over to dinner at his house, which is Clark Gable's former house, which is an amazing sidelight that we've gone way off the trails here. But, and there's at each of their seats at this dinner party, there's a duffel bag. And in the duffel bag, he gave each of them a million dollars cash as a gift. Because he's like, listen, I want to share my success with you. Here, here's a million dollars. Cash. Cash. Like, can you imagine, Ramona, if you showed up at a party and somebody handed you a million dollars cash? I don't even know what, I don't know what to what? do at this point. I don't even, Spears, do I go home? What do you do? Like, do you go to obey Spears, with you're it? In the like, hall of fame. <laughs> Spears, you're in the hall of fame. What do you do with a million dollars cash? What do you do Put with it? bank. You just walk up to the bank and say, here's $1 million. Can I have a deposit slip? I mean, it's <laughs> I don't think you can do that. It's wild, man. This George is, a, this is gave stuff it to I'm me. not familiar with. <laughs> have a picture of me and George in the bag to prove it. You know what I'm saying? Imagine the poor teller. That's a problem. That's a problem I wish I had. I would take that problem any day. <laughs> I, I sold a car once and, and the guy paid Like, what is the cash? greatest gift that one of your friends has given you? I can't remember any of that. Me neither. The greatest gift. I don't know. I get like my my roommate and I send each other, my college roommate and I, we always send each other gifts. She gets me like, she sends me usually something from Gold Belly, like some, or QVC, you know, something she buys. <laughs> like, I send Seriously, her What about blankets, you? Uh, what was the best gift you got? Uh, you got some gifts for going to the Hall of Fame. You got I some like wine really or something. Expensive bottle of wine. Yeah, I know you did. A friend of mine gave me uh, John Hamilton. I think he gave me a bottle of wine that was worth about. 750 bucks or something you like drink that. that wine too i feel like if somebody gives no, me something expensive i wouldn't no, drink it i just no. i just have it in my house you know collecting dust yeah what is um that's a, that's a problem with my wine fridge right yeah. now is i got stuff i can't drink unless it's something special mm -hmm. your guy who owns the nuggets and the rams and all that stuff stan Kroenke, he owns that um winery screaming is it screaming eagle yeah or soaring eagle i need to get there and, and isn't it like like 50 grand bottles like that's that's what you need to do I did drink uh, my guy, uh, Clay Morrison, Morrison Wines in Hillsburg. He brought a $3,000 bottle of wine to dinner the other day. And that was... And my friend Al, who doesn't drink wine, just was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> He's like, dude, what are you doing? You can't chuck $3,000 wine. He's going right. to be mad when he hears that. But yeah, he just... He just like, All right, good. the Lakers... <laughs> All right. I thought we were going to pivot to the Lakers when you brought up Dennis Schroeder the other day. 
Well, speaking of uh, high-end wines, Mr. James, uh, the funny thing about it is... His wine does well, LeBron. supposedly. Here's Who's? the thing about LeBron. James, James Harden. Harden's wine, yeah. I'd like to try it. Yep. All right. He can All right. Make that, he can probably do that. Um, uh, here's the thing about LeBron. LeBron is like, quote-unquote, cheap. Like, anybody who knows you will tell you that, like, LeBron heard this. Yeah. is, like, very... He doesn't throw money around. Yes. Except when he does. <laughs> like yeah. LeBron's got a pretty impressive car collection. He's not getting those cars for free. Okay. LeBron is in the middle of a hundred million dollar development in Beverly Hills where he bought this giant piece of land, tore everything down, and is building like a compound. So like LeBron is like cheap except for when he isn't, which is a lot. And LeBron is known to drink fine wine. And I don't think LeBron's uh, I'm sure he's had many bottles sent his way by their people, but LeBron is, you know, he's not. Well, when he, they have he, their he dinners, right? Food. Those Draymond tells me about those dinners that they have. Well, just and look at LeBron's competition of getting a bottle. A, a, a friend of mine, um, you know, Adrian Stelly. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's with Converse. Nike. Oh, no, he he's said with Converse now? He okay. went to a LeBron Draymond dinner. And was thought he was doing something, and he went and bought a five hundred dollar bottle of wine, <laughs> and that wine didn't make the cut at dinner. Oof. It didn't make the cut. Didn't Take it back. Didn't even open it. That's cute. We'll, we'll put your <laughs> wine over here on the side, <laughs> in the little nice cute like, bag. Uh, it was like it Max in. Christie couldn't get in the game. Oh, poor Max. It was Max just Christie. like, what kind of wine do they have there for five hundred dollar bottle? My probably my best wine store. I went to dinner with tony parker one time i brought a really nice bottle and he starts going into this soliloquy about how napa doesn't have great wines it's not old like the french bordeaux so we were at this place called the battery in san francisco and he went and got their catalog and bought a 1982 bordeaux bottle from france i don't know what it cost i didn't want to know what it cost but he felt like he had to one up my really nice bottle that i brought and that, uh, so these wine wars, uh, uh, those guys are so competitive. I think I saw Chris Paul gave, I can't say who it was. He gave somebody a bottle of wine from the year they were born. And it was like in the fifties. You know, you know what? We shouldn't, we shouldn't talk too much about this. I'm sure we're uh, Baxter Holmes is already knee deep in the story. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Chris Paul is flying Southwest. This I'm saying yeah. like, no, he's like, a JSX so like, guy. No, he's okay. All right. So he does he does open- it, but his preference is JSX. Do you know who okay. JSX is? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, Chris Paul's preference is to fly private. And excuse me, Mr. Spears, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, you have flown private with Chris Paul. You can't so fly southwest Paul- in right. three hours. So, so at the and beginning right. of yes. All right. At the beginning of the season, Mike Dunleavy gives this press conference about the Warriors offseason. He goes, Yeah, there was a couple of times where Chris Paul flew into scrimmage with our guys and flew in Southwest. And I was like, he did not fly Southwest. He did not fly Southwest to San Francisco. And so I checked the story out with his agent. And he yeah. was like, yeah, he flew Southwest. I mean, it is a quick times. flight. Probably from like, Burbank. I know? was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to see the boarding pass. It says C11 with Chris Paul's name on it. Oh, he would it definitely says, not get a C group boarding flight, pass. Come though, on now. Like I know Draymond does it. I've seen Steve Kerr on a on a Southwest flight to San Diego. The flights are so quick that 
in Southwest is like a bus. They're like every hour yeah. on the hour. No, yeah, I, I get it. They, if I they get do it, it, I'm just it's saying only from a convenience they're, purpose. They, they got 10,000 bottles of wine and then they're flying Southwest. It's this is what I'm saying. Like they're cheap, except when they're not. Yeah. That's the funny <laughs> thing about NBA players is that they're cheap, but then they're not cheap at all. I think Chris had to buy the plane to Winston-Salem. It wasn't it's that plane the got there. It went from Van Nuys to Winston-Salem in three and a half hours. Direct. Direct. Yeah, if you Most take Southwest, you'd be like, you're stopping in, in Tulsa. And... <laughs> like all, 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 I think we went past the like speed of lightning. It was just like a yeah. light hum. I don't know how we got there that fast. From L.A. to North Carolina in three and a half hours, that thing was moving. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Like anyway, Star Trek. the Lakers. <laughs> We're way off the rails, and it's probably my fault. But but I love it. No, this is why I'm so glad to have you guys on. You know, I, by the way, I don't know anything about wine. Nothing. <laughs> I would have no chance, and then I, I wouldn't last for a tenth of a second. But Spears, you're I know you're all about Spears. By the way, this is how you know how in the bubble, um, like there had to be like a. Um, like they had, they had to like build a loading dock to deal with the players' incoming Amazon boxes. There yeah. was like five hundred Amazon boxes arriving per day. They had like to construct a mail room. Spears Amazoned himself a wine fridge in oh my God. Disney World. Is that true? That's true. It got stolen too. What? It did. You didn't know that story? No. So when we go into the bubble. <laughs> We they they basically made us quarantine for a week. So my wine fridge was sitting in the mail room for a week. And then when I got out, it was gone. And that wine fridge there was some kind was of mystery on where Green's it went and where it had gone. And I still to this day don't somebody, somebody knows Cristiano, one of them, they know the real story behind it, Tim Frank. But somehow what's, I ended up getting. Another what's a wine, wine fridge, fridge cost? Does it cost like two thousand dollars? Does it cost no, no. Uh, like two hundred bucks? Yeah. Okay. Wine fridge. I costs get a major one, like something that holds like. You want to bet that that somebody took that somebody wine stole fridge? It, they, one of the players probably. Here's what happened: somebody took that wine fridge to save two hundred fifty dollars, and had ten thousand dollars worth of wine in it. <laughs> I believe you. And that's why that's NBA, NBA players has, are somehow. That's how NBA players one. are. <laughs> and didn't want me to write that story. I guess not. But I, I but not. I actually the bougie thing I had is I had a wine suitcase. Oh gosh. <laughs> had as in it's been that was no, I still too? got it. It's in my oh, okay. But it, it carried like 16 bottles. So I had a wine suitcase. 16. Holy Moses. That's, I'm that, out of your that, that's when you got a problem when you got a suitcase that you can put wine in <laughs> the lakers <laughs> are three and four after seven games ramona yeah um there's some pretty wild stats out there i mentioned on the last podcast the and i'll give the updated number right now the lakers are plus 47 with lebron on the floor um minus 71 i'm sorry minus 77 plus 47 with him on the floor minus 77 with him off the floor um 
when he's on the floor, their offensive rating is 116.7. That's would be number one in the league. When he's off the floor, it drops to 91.2. Oh, so it's that, that would be the, a, the lowest in the league, <laughs> a 25 <laughs> point something Ooh, um, sp- spread. When he's on the court per 100 possessions, opponents score 107 points. When he's off the court, they score 127 per 100 possessions. Mm. Um, the idea of him having his minutes limited has gone right out the window. That lasted for Lake, literally two days. One game. Yeah, one game. Um, the dynamics of the game in Washington, in uh, Miami, on Monday night, um, the Lakers were furious about calls. Yeah. Um, D'Angelo Russell got ejected uh, for two technicals, the second of which was when he kicked the ball, which was yeah. automatic tech. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis hurt his hip um, or his adductor muscle or something. He w- didn't play well. I don't know what his status is going to be going forward. He says he'll play against Houston, but we'll see. That game is Wednesday. Yeah. The the thing is the Lakers can't shoot. They're 29th in three-point percentage. Um, and I know they've got some injuries, but it's not like their three-point shooters are hurt. The guys who are hurt are Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. I mean, yeah, he, you know, Gabe Vincent. Uh, Gabe Vincent, who's shooting 7% on threes oh, when he got geez. hurt. 7%. But the play people are kind of freaking out about is the ball ends up in Cam Reddish's hands for yeah. the game winner. I mean, this has been going on for 20 years, people criticizing LeBron for passing. He gets double teamed at the rim, throws a great pass. Cam Reddish is wide open. Darvin Ham drew it up on the you can there's a replay where you can see Darvin Ham drawing the ball going to Cam in the corner. But Cam Reddish is a 15% three-point shooter. One five. One five. So Ramona, <laughs> what do we Lakers are three? But that was supposed home, to be a specialty, him. right? It was. Uh it hasn't been. No. Listen, here's what here's here's what's happened. Um the Lakers made some great moves last year because to become a much, much better defensive team. And then they got more offense than they ever would have dreamed out of Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves and even even a little bit of Jared Vanderbilt. He had a, he had a game against Dallas last year that was really good. But mostly what they did last year was transform their defense. And their That's offense right. just sort of naturally transformed because Russell Westbrook wasn't a part of it anymore. It became just centered around LeBron. When I have watched them this year, it looks like Austin Reeves is very uncomfortable out there. He has not found his groove playing with the starting group and also playing alongside LeBron James. Last year, he he often came off the bench or he was kind of staggered his minutes with LeBron. As you know, he's kind of a he's a facilitator he's a type. He's a, yeah, ball he's a ball handler. He needs the ball. LeBron needs the ball. This is always an issue. D'Angelo Russell kind of needs the ball. He can play off the ball better. He can do he's great at catch and shoot threes, but he is a point guard. So now you have three guys out there who kind of like the ball and they're yeah. all starting. And then there's Anthony Davis, who Darvin Ham is saying, you're our guy. We should be playing. By the way, you. quick aside. What did, what did Darvin say before the season? He wanted me to make eight three pointers a game. He wants to, to take, take eight. eight, take eight. Do you know how many he's taking? How many? One. Okay. And he's taking fewer than he did last year. He's taking right fewer. now the fewest he's had in seven years. Sorry, go ahead. So the the point of it was not to really take eight. It's the idea. It was a mentality thing. Like, hey, we want you shooting. 
We want that spacing. It's we not happening. Being aggressive. It's just not happening. Right. Same the, the same reason why. He's and, putting and up good numbers. Just to be clear, he's, he's playing yeah. well. But... 38 minutes a game. He's playing really well. But yeah, well, what's happening hurt. is everyone has regressed because, A, they're not playing defense like they did last year. And, B, they rank 16th has... in defense so far. Yeah. And last year, Behind they, the well, Grizzlies. after the trade, they were like Grizzlies the best defense in the league. So That's right. with, when they came, they, they're not playing defense, which then starts everything. Then offensively, everybody seems out of sorts. They just have not figured out their new roles, their new, the new way to play with LeBron and, and through LeBron. And LeBron, who was only supposed to be playing like 28 minutes a game, is up to 39 minutes a game. 39 at his age. I mean, if you if you're 38 years old and you're playing 39 minutes. They have minutes, played some all some overtime games, so it's a little inflated, but your point is fair. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I think they have regressed. This is them trying to find their sea legs. This is them trying to find a new flow. And it's hard to do that when your major offseason acquisition gave Vincent has had a knee thing. He hasn't been very good when he has played. They let Dennis Schroeder go, who I think was an underrated loss for them. I don't, you know, they prioritized Gabe Vincent over De- Dennis Schroeder. Um, Schroeder was good for them last year. He was tough. He was good. He organized the offense he gave them a, a, um, a identity. I think I was surprised they let him go as easily as they did. Um, and so I think they miss him and no one has stepped into that role. And then the guy they really paid, the two guys they really paid, Rui Hachimura has been out with a concussion the whole, pretty much the whole year. And Austin Reeves has been not good and and not comfortable in, in the role they're playing him. D'Angelo Russell is one game good, one game bad. And so it's that's, it's who, really, that's who he's been for five, yeah. eight years, whatever. Yeah. And so this is just an uneven team that LeBron, when he senses the team is not playing well, he takes over, which is what he's done his entire career. Yeah, but that's you can't exactly keep right. asking him to do it. He's he you're he's I, I'm going to knock on wood as I say this because I don't want this to happen. But like when you when you have a player his age playing this many minutes, it's it's a matter of time. It, it's just exposure yeah. to risk and injury and. You know, same thing with Anthony Davis. He he went down yesterday with an injury. Like one thing leads to another. It's just this is not a sustainable way for them to play, and they have to figure it out sooner rather than later because the rest of the West is off to the races. Should should the Lakers jump into the Levine, OG sweepstakes and try to do something there? I I would give them twenty five games. Give them a quarter of the season. I mean, so much of what they sold in the off season, and I and I agreed with them. Um, was this idea that the contracts they signed these players to, Roy and Austin Reeves, those are good contracts. Those are those are movable contracts, but you can't do that anything until what you know the, the certain amount of time passes. I forget what it is for each one of those guys, but it's um I, I don't think they do anything until you give them, you know, 25, 30 games. No. I mean, but there there are already calls in Los Angeles for a third star. Like, why didn't they get James Harden? Why didn't they go do I'm like, didn't we just go down this road last yeah. year? And then they had to do gymnastics to try to undo the move for Westbrook. And it took a year and a half to undo it. And it's you they made the Western Conference finals with two stars and a bunch of well-fitting pieces. You know, the pieces have been hurt. And then the ones that have played haven't played all that well, but it's still seven games in small sample size. It just needs to happen sooner rather than later. You are right. That is something that has happened on and off over LeBron's career, particularly when his team starts the season out with injuries. He just just puts more on his back. Yeah. And he could get away with it without getting hurt when he was 
33, you know, 29. Yeah. It's a harder sell at 38. It's just, it's just harder. I mean, it's been happening the last couple of years. This is, you know, I think, you know, I think it is Ramona. The structural changes you're talking about with their, with their lineup are dead on. They're not as deep as they thought they were. And yeah. again, a, a Lakers fan would yell at me, well, we're down three players, but that's, but that's true. But they're, but they're not as resilient as they, the reason that they are going to play LeBron less minutes is because they thought they had depth after their off season. And that mm-hmm. maybe it'll show up later, but it hasn't shown up yet. So. Um, my last parting word, because I got to do the radio, and so I guess Spears, you got to go, right? Um, they, uh, I think that the stat you mentioned about the three point shooting is pretty staggering to me. Um, I, I go back to last year when LeBron said we need we need a bunch of lasers. Remember, we need right. we need some shooters, we need some lasers, and we don't have that. And they actually do have guys who historically are much better shooters than they have been so far this year, but they have the same problem because no one's shooting. Twenty, them. by the way, twenty nine point eight percent. I mean, whether you're rooting for the Heat or the Lakers last night, it was incredibly frustrating to watch that game on both sides. Like, it was just Brick City. Brick City at the end. I was like, does anybody want to win this game? Like, the Heat could have put them away. They were up by 10. That's the other thing. The, the, the I mean, Lakers was... botched, like, their last four or five possessions. Yeah. Like, it, people are going to focus on, you know. The Cam Reddish shot. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the thing about it is Lakers are shooting the 24th most threes. They're not even, their volume isn't even there. Mm-hmm. you know so uh, all right you guys got to go thank you for telling your stories thank you for coming on the pod we'll, <laughs> we'll have you guys back we can wrangle you together you know what this is called this was a wind down you know <laughs> <laughs> i think i made a fool of myself three three to seven times in this podcast no i think you're I gonna think. get sent bottles of wine now from your listeners i would be more money from no little baby there it is oh that would be much better <laughs> send i'll take i'll take uh, what's half a honey bun Oh, I'll, you know, a doodle that's what I'm saying. You know what? That is absolutely the last word. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Collective Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.